Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a story of mixing entitled parents and a PlayStation. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I put vegetables in all my food so my roommate's kids won't eat them. The mom is upset. I, 26-year-old female, live in a rented house with a single mother, 30-year-old female, and her son, 6-year-old male. I had another person living with me, but they moved out and the mother moved in. I don't mind living with her and her kid. It's fine and we kind of do our own thing. I spend a lot of time at my boyfriend's place or working. Our work schedules collide, so we don't really interact much, but when we do, it's fine. No issue there. I want to start with saying that she clearly struggles financially, but I don't think it's an excuse. I don't make lots of money either. However, I've noticed that my food would go missing or portions would be taken from it. I assumed it was her kid, so I asked her if she'd stop him from eating my food. I was calm about it, and she just said she would. It didn't really upset me when it first started. It started getting annoying when I'd get home from work and expect to have a meal's worth of leftovers in the fridge only to see it picked through or just gone. I kept bringing it up, and she started getting annoyed with me bringing it up. Just from observing them, I realized that neither of them ever eat vegetables, and judging by the food that would get picked through and the food that would be untouched, anything with green in it was avoided. Orange chicken would be gone, but chicken and broccoli would be untouched. So I started putting vegetables in everything. I find vegetables to be delicious, and anything green or not a potato does not get eaten. So I could mix bell peppers into the food and it would be fine. I make a big portion of vegetables pretty frequently anyway, so I just started putting it in everything I eat. If I had leftover mashed potatoes, I'd pour green beans in and mix it up. If I had leftover cheesy bacon fries, I'd pour broccoli all over it and mix it in. Usually my homemade stuff has vegetables in it, but I started making sure everything did. I made a pot of mac and cheese, the kids' favorite thing, and poured in roasted Brussels sprouts, which is actually delicious to me, and I'm eating more vegetables, so it's a win-win. She had been seeming annoyed, but we were all home when I made the pot of mac and cheese. She was in the living room and saw me get out the Brussels sprouts and was like, what are you going to do with that? And I poured them in. She said I was being greedy and annoying. I just said, I like Brussels sprouts, and that was it. She said, we need food, and I told her to go get some, or stop buying only prepackaged things and your money will go further. I think she sees this as some big act of revenge, but I just simply want to be able to eat my food. Also want to add that the sharing is not the issue. It's expecting to have the food there, and it's not. So often I'd be working a long day and get home, expecting to have a meal's worth of food, and it would all be gone. Or I wake up in a rush and had my food ready to eat in the morning, only to find it gone. So now I have to skip breakfast. If she would sometimes simply text, Hey, is it okay if we eat food item? I would know and know to make other plans. I would stop for food or know I have to whip something up when I get home. Also, I think eating the last of someone else's food is crazy and rude. If someone makes a big pot of something and you ask for a serving, sure. 
But if someone made something and there's one serving left and you eat it without permission, that is evil as heck. Like OP said, I think this is a clear win-win for them. A lot of us probably don't eat as many greens or veggies as we should, and being in a situation that maybe it doesn't force you to necessarily eat all that much cleaner, but it at least forces you to incorporate greens into everything you eat, that's honestly pretty great for your diet. At the worst, at least you're getting more fiber, right? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you can't get enough of hearing about these entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, my mother thinks I'll take care of her when she's old. I never had a good relationship with my mother. She had me when she was 19, with a crappy father I don't have a relationship with. She would leave me at my grandma's my whole childhood, and whenever she tried to take me home, I'd hang on to door frames and didn't want to leave with her. My grandmother died when I was in the teens, and then I was stuck living with her, and I would rebel because she wasn't a good mother. One time I found tomatoes under her bed. She would hide food for me because she wanted it all for herself. I get if it was candy, but produce? Just buy more. I had to work since I was 14 because she didn't want to buy me things I needed or wanted. I needed shoes and she said she didn't have money, and literally the next day she bought herself two pairs and hid them in the closet. I was SA'd when I was 15 years old and I knew she would blame me for it, so I didn't tell anyone. Many years later, she called me names on my 30th birthday because she thought I deleted her wishes off my Facebook. I didn't, and I told her she's such a crappy mother that I didn't even feel safe to tell her what happened to me when I was a teen. She completely ignored it, and then blocked me for two years. Years later, and she still didn't mention it, she would take pills to wake up, other pills to go to sleep, then they would not work anymore, and she would chase pills with a shot of vodka. She would binge and make herself throw up in front of me when I was a teen. She would steal makeup with me when I was like 13. She let me date a 24-year-old when I was 15. She tried to talk me into staying with my ex-husband who would hook up with strippers in my bed because he bought her tickets from Europe to Vegas. She's proud she takes bribes at work and brags about it often. She told me she wishes that she had scrubbed me out when I was 18. I moved out a week later when she was at work, and she didn't call me for three months even though she had no idea where I was. Now I'm in the US and haven't been back in Europe for 16 years. Writing this down makes me astounded that I kind of normalized my childhood in my head. I'm starting to realize that it really wasn't normal at all and why I've struggled with relationships my whole life. Anyway, she's under the impression that I'll be taking care of her when she's old. She's very upset when I tell her I won't. She's trying to seem supportive and offering help that she can't provide and knows I won't ask for her to manipulate me into doing things for her in the future. She's super nice because I'm doing pretty well financially. She's not getting a penny from me. Everything is always my fault. Nothing is ever her fault. She's always perfect and never wrong. If given a choice between living with my mother and death, I would immediately pick death without any hesitation. Thanks for reading my long rant. I think this post actually really highlights why writing down what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what's been going on with you can really be a valuable thing to you in many ways. I'm not saying writing things down is going to fix anything, but I think it does create a good medium for you to really be able to reflect on what's happened and what's happening. This next story is, Entitled Passenger Tried to Fight for My Birth and Bus, which I reserved two days prior to boarding the bus. Let's keep it short. Most of my old posts will show how old I am currently. 
I'm a sophomore of a normal college who just got a week for upcoming semester exams. My father booked me an upper head berth in a government bus so I can sleep peacefully and arrive after a six hour ride home. The bus departure was at 9pm while I sat inside the bus by 8.40pm already. The bus drive was peaceful as I handed the ticket to the conductor and everything went peaceful as I wore my noise cancelling headphones. Slept for an hour. At exactly 10.10 I was woken up by a fellow passenger while the bus was in motion that he was very tired and wants to take a nap in my berth. However, I declined the offer that I was not going to offer it and he did not like that. For the next 10 seconds he blabbered curses against me of my parents for not giving the birth for him. I forgot to mention he's traveling with his wife and she might have taken the double birth with no kids aside. She tried to join in in shaming me for this, but it wasn't long after the driver after hearing the sounds stopped the bus and the conductor came up. He was not willing to take a reason from either of us and ordered only the woman to get out of the bed. You may ask why? They paid a regular ticket for 300 rupees so they can only take up the normal seats in the bottom row, not the beds. The woman tried to make a fuss. However, they gave them an either option, either to sit in or leave with their money. I don't think they settled, so they eventually got off to a nearby highway tea stall. Also, I was carrying my college bag and a huge suitcase, so imagine how my sleeping position could have been like. The bus ride was fine, as I was able to sleep perfectly for a few hours, and by today, morning, 4 a.m., I reached my hometown. I was traveling in an SETC bus from Koyambadu, so I eventually went home and slept peacefully. Also, for people who may ask why I didn't keep the luggage in the lower base head up, is that the conductor didn't allow it. Because the other people who were on board literally were moving their entire house, I assume, and there was absolutely no space even for the members who filled the luggage zone to keep bags in their seats. And more specifically, the ticket cost around 700 rupees. So, I was just curious and I looked up how much 700 rupees is in United States dollars. Eight and a half dollars. You can buy a ticket for a bus seat which you can sleep in for eight and a half dollars? That is crazy. In the US, you'd be paying like six to ten times that, if not more. Our next story is, Entitled Mother Wants Me to Take Out Student Loans for Our Family Vacation. This was a few years ago, when I was still in contact with my mother, the Entitled Mother. I'm proud to say that I've went very low contact since then. So when I first started college, I would split the weekends between both of my parents. I would stay overnight Friday at my dad's since he and my paternal grandparents were the only ones who would offer to pick me up and then stay Saturday overnight at my mom's. After I got to my dad's, my mom supposedly really wanted to talk to me about setting up loans in person to make it easier. I had a very high GPA and a really high ACT score. So aid covered quite a bit of my expenses, but there was still about another $4,000 a year we just couldn't cover. Since my parents offered to pay the full $2,000 of one semester, we just needed to set up a loan for the remaining $2,000. When we get there, she wants to talk to me alone about my loans, leaving my dad out on the porch. When I sit down, she has the aid website pulled up and is logged into her parent account. She then says that we need to log me in to accept the amount of aid. I say sure, let me make sure we have the right amount. She's trying to take out a loan in my name for $8,000, but the website required my permission. We can't even afford the $2,000 as three people with our own incomes, so I ask her why the heck she's trying to take out a loan for that much. Her answer? Well, I figured we could take a better vacation this year and then we can all make payments on it. 
People of Reddit, my parents have been divorced for years. Dad has never been invited on a family vacation, but he would have needed to pay more than $2,500 himself for a vacation he can't take. Not only that, but I'm a student with no income for half the year. When I asked how we were supposed to afford to pay that back, she wanted my paternal grandparents to cover what me and dad couldn't, and she would play the lottery, and if that doesn't work, they could pick up her remaining debt. Needless to say, she was dumbstruck and pissed to hear that I wouldn't authorize that loan, and that any loan in my name would go only to my schooling. So, to get me back, she backs out of paying my loans. I say fine. I didn't want her or dad to anyways, because my little brother needs to be their focus. Well, this makes it worse, and she kicks me out, tells me I'll be homeless, with my dad waiting outside to take me home. Shockingly, it didn't have the effect she wanted it to. You gotta love when people with no leverage try to force you into making a terrible decision for yourself. What do they expect to happen? They just expect you to cave because you're going to kick them out? At least it makes it really easy for OP to understand where things are and make it really easy for them to cut them off. Our next story is, my parents kicked me off my PlayStation. This was originally an AITA story, but I was told to repost the story and update here. A little backstory, I, 16 year old male, got a job last summer, July 2022. I get tips, but it's not counted as part of the salary, so it's just extra money. Fast forward to December, I decided to use some of my saved tip money to buy a PS5. Our family had a PS4, but my brother took it to college with him when he went back to school, leaving me empty handed. It's important to note that neither my parents or siblings contributed to the PS5, only I contributed the money to buy the PS5 and the games on it. Present day, my brother's home from college and brought the PS4. My younger sister, 14, has been playing Spider-Man on it. She recently finished and now wants to play Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I have on my PS5 and isn't on the PS4. She asked if she could use my PS5 to play it, and I agreed on the terms that if I wanted to use it, I got priority. We haven't had an issue with this until yesterday night. It was 8.15pm and my sister was playing Spider-Man. I told her that I was going to use it at 9 o'clock, since all my friends were getting on. She said okay, but when 9 o'clock came, she put up a fight and refused to get off, saying that she hadn't even played for an hour and she wanted to play one more mission. We are One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. 
If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Did for five minutes until I threatened to stop letting her use it, to which she stopped playing and stomped out of the room. She apparently told my parents about it, which I didn't know about. The next night at 8.30, she was playing on it again, and I told her that I wanted it at 9.15. She put up a fight and then went to our parents. My mom got mad at me and told me that I needed to learn how to share. I argued with her, saying that it was my PlayStation that I bought and that if she wanted to tell me how to use it, then she should have paid for it. She didn't like that and sent me to my room and told me that until I apologized, I couldn't use my PlayStation. And now, while my sister's playing in my PlayStation, I'm sitting in my room typing this. Just wanted to add that I wrote this last night and decided to post it this morning, which is why timing might seem weird. Update. Hey everyone, I just wanted to give an update on the situation. First and foremost, thank you all for the support in the comments, it means a lot. Secondly, the story took place Tuesday evening. I posted it Wednesday morning, and it's now Friday of the next week. On the Thursday after I posted, I decided to apologize so that I could get onto the PS5. I did what many of you suggested and put a passcode into it, an idea that many of you suggested. I also uninstalled Spider-Man Miles Morales later that night when my sister went to play without asking me. She didn't know the passcode. She went and whined to my parents and they threatened to take my car away for the rest of the summer. I have a really old Hyundai, which I'm also making payments for all on my own, but it still works fine. And I use it to get to work, the gym, and to meet up with my friends. So I gave them the passcode. She was looking all smug and started taunting me until she realized that Spider-Man wasn't installed. She once again whined to my parents and I argued by saying that I'd gotten a new game and needed space for it. They surprisingly let that slide, just telling me to find space for it so that my sister could play it. It was a temporary win in my eyes, as my sister couldn't use it that night. Then a couple of days went by without any problem until Saturday morning. My sister finished Spider-Man and wanted to buy God of War. I said she could, until she told me that she wanted me to buy it since it was my PS5. I refused, as I didn't even want the game. She once again whined to my parents, and they told me that if I didn't buy it, I couldn't use the PS5 again. This time I stood my ground and took the punishment, since I didn't want to waste money on it. Later Sunday afternoon, I was talking to my best friend who lives like 5 minutes away. I was explaining the situation, and he said that I could keep the PlayStation there and come over and use it anytime. Another idea that many of you suggested. He and I hang out at his house all the time since both of his parents work 9 to 5 and he has no other siblings. So I drove the PlayStation over and set it up at his house. Later that night when my sister went to use it, she threw a tantrum as it wasn't there. My parents stormed to my room and started interrogating me. I said that I decided to lend it to my friend, A different one than I actually gave it to, since they would have figured out I was over at his house playing it, saying that he was deciding if he wanted to get one, and since I was never able to use mine, I lent it to him. 
I added that I was thinking of selling it to him, which they got very mad over, but surprisingly they did nothing. As far as they knew, I was obeying the punishment that they gave, and I think they were starting to get tired of fighting with me. They did make sure to remind me that if it ever comes back to the house, I still couldn't play it until I got God of War. Whatever. So for the past few days, I've been hanging out with my best friend, playing video games without my little sister or parents to annoy me, but I'm sure that this isn't going to be the last update or post about them. If you've made it this far, thank you. I just don't understand why they're so inconsistent and hands-off about this whole thing. I mean, obviously, it seems they're completely out of touch about the games, the PS5, how any of that stuff works. Why are they demanding you pay minimum $60 for some game that you don't even want to use or play yourself? It just makes no sense. I think as long as OP's still living there, they've got to continue to hold their ground and make sure it's as annoying as possible for those parents to continue to try to enable giving everything to the sister and enabling her entitled behavior. This next story is, parent didn't listen to the warnings and blamed me for not giving warning. Context paragraph first. So, I work at an escape room place, which already probably can clue you into what I'm about to write. We have some cool rooms here. Very in-depth designs with a lot of immersion and narrative to them, more than traditional escape rooms. One of our adventures can be scarier than the others, especially for smaller children. It has a bunch of darkness, a scripted flashlight failure, a dropping ceiling, etc. Sometimes kids have to leave halfway through because they get too scared to go on so we always warn about stuff like that beforehand. We say that younger children may find the adventures as a sensory overload, or too intense and whatnot, which is a standard policy that's listed on our website and stuff. Okay, context over. One day, a particularly slow day at that, we had a dad and two children walk up and ask what we were all about. The kids looked young, so when I was explaining the rooms, I mentioned the standard, these can be overstimulating or too intense for younger kids thing to them. They seemed interested regardless, so they booked the scary adventure, at which time I said more specifically that it was our spookiest one and that sometimes kids get scared of it. I told them that the other ones were just as fun and the same price, but they were content with the scary one. The dad just sort of nodded along to everything I was saying, so I assumed he was understanding everything. They booked, they waited, and everything was fine. When I was introing them into the room, I mentioned the fact that we had magic flashlights that are immune to any malfunctions if they wanted them. We always hand them our standard lights, one with Arduinos inside that cause them to flicker out in a coordinated manner, but in the case of smaller kids we always offer normal lights too. They just kind of brushed it off, so I continued on with it. I put them in the room, closed the door, and that was that. Just another standard group. The flashlight failure is the first event that happens in the room literally the second the door closes. I barely had enough time to check my phone for emails before I saw the alert on the monitor that one of the exit doors had been opened. I went back to check and one of the kids had pushed out of the door, flashlight still off in their hand, and was crying. The dad looked flustered and a little frustrated, understandably so, and I did my usual damage control. When this happens, I first say that it's all scripted. There are lights in the room that come on in a minute, etc. 9 out of 10 times that works and the kid goes back inside. Sometimes I offer them the magic flashlight again and they take it and go back in, but sometimes they're just done for real. And that's understandable and fine too, we never judge. It seemed like this guy's kid was just not going back in at all, even though the other kid was alright. 
The dad asked if the first kid could just sit outside and wait for the adventure to move on to a less scary section, but the kid didn't want to go back in at all. I think they were like five or six at most. I told them that we couldn't have an unaccompanied kid in the lobby for the 45 minutes it takes to finish an adventure, so he'd have to come out. This is not unusual and we always offer free passes to another adventure when this happens, but this is when this situation diverges from the normal mental flowchart I have. This guy was pissed. He was having fun, so I get it, it sucks to have to leave 5% through a fun escape room. But he got nasty to an unfair degree. When I said he had to get out of the adventure, he said, this is bull, like directly in front of his two kids. I apologized to him and said that I would give them all free passes to try either of the other rooms. This, of course, was said in the booking process by the kiosk he booked at, and again by me before I put them in the room. We can rebook, but never refund, is the thing I always say when listing our policies. Something we have to do for every group that goes in. The dad then yelled at me for not warning him about how much it would scare his kid. He said it in that manner too, insinuating that I would know what scares his kid or not. He obviously didn't listen to any of the things I told him beforehand because when I told him I couldn't refund him, he got even more mad. He said he didn't want the passes because he wasn't going to come back ever again. I was shocked beyond belief and so I was kind of just standing there taking the verbal assault just thinking of what to do. The kids were dead silent I'm pretty sure. So much so that I think I forgot they were even there. I don't know if they would have wanted to go into another adventure or not, but the dad didn't really give them a chance to vote. He just left. I got him to take the passes because I said, It's company policy. We get in trouble if you don't take this. But he said again that he would never use the passes ever. Bro swore like a sailor in front of his kids and then just peaced out. Anyways, this is a PSA about opening your freaking ears. Do that. Do it, please. Father of the year right here, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't listen to an ounce of what they were being told in regards to looking out for their kids. And then follows it up with multiple actions of not looking out for their kids. This is definitely one of those situations where on the way back home, the kids are sitting in the back of the car just like silent, looking at the floor. The dad's probably still in the front, raging, swearing like a sailor, talking down that whole place their existence and the families of the people who founded it. I just feel bad for the kids. This next story is, how do you not understand why I stopped talking to you? So basically to understand the story better, I have to go back to the beginning. My family was decently small with me, now 17 year old female, my sister, my mom, and my dad. My parents would fight a lot and it's caused me issues that I still have to this day. One bad one was when my mother cheated on my dad with one of his coworkers and this led to a lot of issues with his mental health. My dad, 34, technically stepdad, but he raised me, passed away back in 2020. And rightfully so, my family was devastated. Before this happened, my mother had always struggled with drinking, and after this it got worse. From the time my dad passed, I had to be the one to step up and take care of my sister and myself. I was only 14 at the time, but I had to be the strong one for my mother and sister. As time went on, things only got worse with my mother. Somewhere along the way, she had started to use drugs again. She had struggled in the past with drugs, but picked it up again after my dad's passing. This caused a lot of issues, as you could imagine. I started to be home less, and less going to my friend's or current boyfriend's house, while my sister, 10, was at her friend's a lot. 
Around this time, she'd gotten together with the co-worker that she'd cheated on my dad with, and he had gotten her hooked on drugs harder than what she'd been on before. Eventually, they would lock themselves in a room together, so I really just stopped coming home. My friend's and current boyfriend's mom was amazing and let me stay all the time. It got to the point where I just didn't come home at all, and my mother didn't care. Everything changed when I was talking to one of my mother's friends, and she told me what drugs she was on. At this point, I was 15 and just done with all of this, so I told everyone who had wanted to call Child Protective Services to call them. This resulted in my sister being sent to another state and living with our grandparents and I stayed in my current state. With a long court process, I was able to have my friend's mom take custody of me and be my legal guardian. The only reason I could do this was because I was about to graduate early, at 16. On my 16th birthday, after court was settled, my mother came to the house to talk to me and basically yelled at me for causing this mess, which I kinda did, but I did it to protect my sister. And she also blamed me for making my dad's death harder on her. She claimed I wouldn't know what it's like losing someone so close. Which wasn't true, since I was closer with my dad. After that day, I cut all contact and hadn't said a word to her since. Since then, she's tried to contact me multiple times, as well as tried to contact me through family members. Every time, claiming she doesn't know why I cut her off. Since then, I've gone to therapy and gotten the help I needed since she's caused me way more issues than just this. I've tried to contact her in a therapy setting, to which she hasn't responded to, but I am doing better than I've ever been. There's a lot more to the story than this, but this is getting too long now. Yeah, as much as this mom wants to blame OP for ruining everything and tearing the family apart and whatnot, OP did it solely because it was in the best interest of everybody to be cared for or looked after. I know whatever systems they can go to can be rough. I know it sucks to have your children ripped away from you, but she wasn't doing her job as a parent, and you can't fault OP for doing what they felt was the best thing for their entire family at the time. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.